What's up, Trace? Uh, we are so glad that you guys are here with us today. First, just want to say uh, welcome to any of you that are joining us for the very first time. We have guests every week, which is always exciting. But whether you saw our street signs, maybe you got invited by a friend, or maybe you've been tuning in online and finally decided to come check us out in person, whatever the case, we are so grateful, so grateful that you're here as guests with us this morning. Um, also, just want to give a quick shout out uh, to any of you guys watching online today, whether you're you're watching live with us, or maybe you're watching some other time during the week, or maybe you're traveling right now. Whatever the case, we're honored to have you guys tuning in, being a part of the conversation this morning. Um, my name is Josiah, and I have the opportunity to be the student pastor here at Trace. And like Jessica said, this is camp month, uh, not camp week, but camp month. And we are on week four of four. Uh, we are almost there. We're doing good. Uh, but we are excited, really are excited for what God has already done uh, this month. We've gotten to take right around 165 different kids and students uh, to experience life change at camp. And we know that's not just 165 different kids and students. That's a 165 uh, home lives, that's 165 families, that's 165 stories, all of which are changed and all of which matter to God. And so that's something we're celebrating. So if you wouldn't mind, would you please just celebrate that as a church, what God is doing? Yeah. It's awesome to see what he's doing through our kids and our student ministry. And we told you back in April, we wanted to take as many kids and students as we could to camp. And we've gotten to see just that. Um, but then also, like she said, right after second service, uh, we're jumping in some vans. We're driving down to New Mexico uh, with our high school students. And so I just ask that you be praying for our team as we go down there, that uh, we wouldn't miss moments uh, for students to take steps in the direction of Jesus, but then also that we would uh, be excited and you know motivated and full of energy the entire time that we're down there. If you could be praying for that, I would really, really appreciate that. Um, but before we dive in, I also wanna remind you of something Aaron uh, challenged us as a church with. Aaron is our senior pastor right now. He's on sabbatical, but he challenged us with something several months ago. And rather than trying to think of something better to say, uh, I'd rather you guys just hear it from him. And so if you wouldn't mind, just go ahead and take a look at this video. Well, hey guys, I wanna let you know really quick first that yes, you're hearing from me right now, but I'm recording this before my sabbatical, so I'm not cheating on my sabbatical, but hopefully you and your family are having an incredible summer. And I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that we've asked you to pray over the course of the summer leading up to our five-year anniversary on September 12th. We've been asking you to pray for what it would look like for you and maybe you and your family to bring a sacrificial offering, the biggest offering that you've ever brought to a church. And the fact that it's sacrificial means it's gonna stretch you, it's gonna stretch us. It's going to be taking a step of faith and inviting God into that, saying, God, we're going to trust you here, but this is going to be tough. And I believe that if all of us will do this, then on September 12th, yes, we're going to be celebrating all that God, God has done in the last five years, but we're going to be putting seeds in the ground and waiting on God to do something even better in the next five years. That's why we're calling this the seeds offering. So uh, my encouragement to you is the same encouragement that I've been given to myself and, and Emily. We've been praying. We've already got like a, an amount we're ready to bring for that offering, but we're even trying to exceed that. And so I'm never going to ask you to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. And so uh, my hope is that you're, you're prayerfully considering what it is that God is going to put on your heart so that we can all come on September 12th prepared to bring a sacrificial offering. I love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Please be praying about that. Once again, this isn't just about the money. This isn't just about us trying to find a bigger building and a bigger place to be in so that we can be the cool church in town. No, this is so much more than that. 
that if you didn't notice as you walked in, we had those pictures on the wall that those are three incredible stories of life change here at Trace. And we wanna see that happen a hundred times over, a thousand times over, a million times over here. And so we would just ask you to be praying about what that would look like because we're excited for what God's gonna do on September 12th. But over the course of the last several weeks, uh, we've been in this series here at Trace called Anchors. And the vision behind this series is really pretty simple, that we've been looking to answer, uh, kind of answer this question right here, which is this, how can I trust my faith even when I don't feel it? How can I trust my faith even when I don't feel it? That just like a boat, we are all going to experience storms in our lives. We're all gonna have days where we aren't feeling it. You see, growing up, my dad, he used to tell me, one thing you can count on is that either in life, you're either in a storm or you're preparing for one. And as people, if we don't have things to anchor our lives to, if we don't have things to anchor our faith to, then the weakest of winds, the smallest of waves will cause us to drift away. And that's why the writer of Hebrews gave us this encouragement, gave us this warning in Hebrews chapter two, verse one. It says this, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. Otherwise, we may drift away from it. That we need to have anchors in our lives. That when nothing else makes sense, that when things aren't going our way, when our faith and our feelings do not match up, that we still have some things we can put our trust in. We still have some things we can put our faith in. We still have some things that we can put our hope in. And so we've asked some pretty tough questions over the last three weeks. We've asked the question like, did Jesus really resurrect from the dead? Does God really exist? Can I really trust my Bible? And we've tried to take an honest look at these questions and provide you with some evidence that we think points us in the direction of Jesus. Because here at Trace, we believe a blind faith is a dangerous one. That we don't think you should have to check your brains at the door to follow Jesus. We don't think you should have to check your brain at the door when you walk into this room that there are good and reasonable and logical reasons to believe the things that we do. And we've tried to share those things with you so that you can have something to anchor your faith to. So that even on the days you're not feeling it, that you can trust in the faith that you have. And so we've talked about the resurrection of Jesus. We've talked about the existence of God. We've talked about the trustworthiness of the Bible. But today I wanna shift gears a little bit and I wanna talk about experience. And I wanna look at this question right here. What role should my experience play in my faith? What role should my experience play in my faith? Because just like you, I'll be honest with you. I have days where I'm not feeling it either. That I have days where I have a lot of doubts. I have days where I have a lot of questions. On week four of four of camps, I have a lot of moments where I wonder, Is this really worth doing, all right? But even though that's true, I've learned to lean on those first three questions for more objective evidence for my faith. But then I've also learned to lean on this last anchor of experience for more subjective evidence in my faith, that these things point me in the direction of Jesus and keep me from drifting. And before I go any further this morning, like I recognize that for many of you, this is not a hypothetical conversation. You didn't walk through those doors today asking, how do I trust my faith even when I don't feel it? You walked through those doors today saying, how do I trust my faith? Because Josiah, right now, I'm not feeling it. Because sometimes life just sucks, doesn't it? That maybe you walked in here today and you're exhausted. That the kids aren't doing so great. That they've been driving you crazy that maybe your marriage is on the rocks or maybe work has just been extremely stressful and you're looking for some hope in your life, but you don't know what to believe. 
or maybe for you it's an addiction that you have. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, or maybe pornography, you've asked God to take these things away from you, but for whatever reason, he hasn't. And you're starting to find yourself in a place that either God doesn't care or he's not there actually listening to you. Or maybe for you, it's simply the fact that when you walk into a building like this, you look around at everyone else and you think that their life is going up and to the right and everybody else is having that experience except you. That your faith and your feeling, they don't match up. Because at the end of the day, like, you're still single. You still haven't found that perfect person to marry. Or maybe you got passed up for that promotion again. Or maybe for you, you, you just look at everybody else and they get to go on these awesome vacations that you don't get to experience. And guys, if that's you this morning, like, I get it. Like, I'm sorry, I know what it feels like to be in those places. And while I can't make all those things magically disappear for you in one conversation, This morning, if you'll let me, all I wanna do is I just wanna share with you my experience with faith. And not in an arrogant way, not in a prideful way, but hopefully humbly, just so that you can see, you know, uh, that our experience in faith, our experiences with faith, is something we can put our trust in. And so let's go ahead, let's dive in, let's look at that question real quick. What role should my experience play in my faith? Um, So many of you guys know this about me, but for those of you that don't, um, I grew up in church, uh, that I've spent a lot of time here. I was like born in the baptistry, you know, never missed a Sunday, all those different things. My dad's a preacher, his dad's a preacher, his dad was a farmer that eventually became a preacher. And so needless to say, I've spent a lot of times in buildings like these ones, sitting in chairs like this, listening to someone like me share various stories from the Bible. Yet even though that's true, growing up and even to this day, I've often felt guilty, even embarrassed um, about one simple fact, that even though I have a degree in studying the Bible, even though I come from a long line of preachers and pastors, even though I've spent my entire life pursuing after Jesus, I've never had a moment in my life where I've audibly heard the voice of God. I've never had a moment in my life that I knew with 100% certainty that God was there. And I would go to like camps and I would go to churches and I would go to conferences that even happened this past week at camp. Uh, and people would say things like, God told me to go here or God told me to go there and to move to that place or to do this or to do that. Well, it even became like, uh, this is kind of weird, but it became like a pickup line for a little bit and even a breakup line, you know, that God told me I should marry you or, you know, God told me that we shouldn't be together. And like, listen, some of you guys use that back in the day and like, yes, this is a place you can stop pretending, but some of you need to repent because like, uh, that's, that's pretty messed up. But I would hear things like this. I would hear things like this and then I'd go read stories in the Bible and I'd read story after story after story of God physically meeting people and God audibly speaking to people and these incredible experiences that other people had. And while I'm sure people like that had good intentions when they said those things, and while I don't doubt that God does and can speak to people like that, it always made me ask the question, like why haven't I had experiences like that? Why hasn't God spoken to me like that? Like am I doing something wrong? Is is something wrong with me? And then as a kid, I'd read verses like Jeremiah 33, three, and I'd read them out of context, I'll add, but it says this right here, call to me and I'll answer you. And I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you do not yet know. And so I would call on him and I'd pray to God and I'd ask him to speak to me. 
and I'd try to force his hand and I would say things like, God, if you're really real, then say something. God, if you're really real, then talk to me. But time after time, night after night, prayer after prayer, I was met with silence. Now for a long time, my experience with faith, it isn't something I would call an anchor. If anything, it became an obstacle for me. That my lack of experiences like this and the seemingly prevalent occurrences of experiences like this for other people, it wasn't something that strengthened my faith. No, if anything, it weakened it. And it wasn't until I got much older that I started to recognize that the Bible reads more like a highlight reel than it does a comprehensive history book. That while, yes, we get to see the hundreds of people that God stepped down and spoke to in in audible ways and in physical ways, what we often miss out on is the billions, if not the trillions of people that God chose to stay silent with who were just as faithful. Don't miss that. That over my life, I've learned that faith is less about the major one-time experiences in our life and more about the small, seemingly boring, consistent steps in the direction of Jesus. And so this morning, when I talk to you about my experience, I'm not talking about the miraculous moments in my life. I'm talking about the mundane ones. That I do believe God is less concerned with my few moments of certainty that I have in life and is actually just looking for a consistent faithfulness from me. That when I look back on my life and I think about my experience with faith, it's not one or two moments that stick out to me, but rather it's the stability and peace that I've experienced over my entire life, my entire experience following Jesus. It's those things that remind me why I believe what I believe. That today I can stand on this stage and I can say this with 100% certainty. That I'm a better husband because I follow Jesus. That I'm a better friend because I follow Jesus. That I am more financially responsible because I follow Jesus. That I'm a better leader. I'm a better coworker. I'm more driven. Someday I'll be a better father. I'm a better man for no other reason than I've devoted my life to following the teachings of Jesus. And it's not that my life has been easy, but as Trent said last week, my life has been more at ease. You see, Jesus, he gives us this promise in John chapter 14. He's talking to his disciples. He says this, I'm leaving you with a gift. And I need you to understand this is a huge gift. Peace of mind and of heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift the world cannot give. And so don't be troubled or afraid. That look, I've looked all over this world. I've looked in every corner of this earth looking for a peace that matches the peace of Jesus and I haven't found anything that comes anywhere close. That I have seen this promise fulfilled in my life over and over and over. And listen, I've found myself in my fair share of uncomfortable conversations. I've found myself in some pretty tense situations. I've found myself in moments of life that should have torn me apart emotionally and left me helpless and begging for my life. But for whatever reason, they didn't. That for some reason, I had peace when I should have been a mess. That for some reason, I held back when I felt like exploding on that middle, or the the person, not the middle scholar. For some reason, I said exactly the right thing at exactly the right time in exactly the right way. That led someone who is struggling with something that I've never dealt with in my life to find healing from some of my words. And I promise you this morning, I'm not trying to be arrogant. 
I promise you this morning, I'm not trying to boast in myself and I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say this, but for some of you that don't follow Jesus, I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know how you walk through your life without this level of purpose that I find from following Jesus. I don't know how you walk through life without this level of comfort, without this level of peace. That, listen, I think that's uh, part of the reason why Peter, he eventually responds the way he does when Jesus asks him a pretty hard question in John chapter six. That Jesus, he's just given this really hard teaching and all of his disciples, all, a bunch of his followers are starting to desert him, starting to leave him. And so he looks at his 12 disciples and he says this, are you going to leave me too? Are you gonna leave me too? And I love Peter's response in this moment. He says, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give life. And I think at this point in my life, I've found myself in a very similar place as Peter, that the logical side of my brain hates what I'm about to say, uh, because I always want to be, you know, open to where truth leads me. But I think at this point in my life, that even if I didn't believe the resurrection was true, I think I would still follow the teachings of Jesus. And even as I say that, like I cringe a little bit, (laughs) because I know what my atheist friends would say. I know what my agnostic friends would tell me. They would say something along the lines of, Josiah, you can't let your subjective experience outweigh your objective evidence. But as I said, I can't deny it. My life is better because I've chosen to follow Jesus. And not necessarily better than yours, but better than it would be if I didn't. That in moments when I'm not feeling it, in the moments where I have these insurmountable doubts and these huge questions in my life, in these moments where I am exhausted and worn out physically, it's not the objective evidence that keeps me going. It's not the objective evidence that keeps my life anchored. It's my experience. Not my one or two moments of certainty, but my entire experience of following Jesus that keeps my faith anchored and keeps me from drifting that I can say without a doubt, my life is better because I follow Jesus. And before I go any further, I feel like I need to acknowledge the fact that for many of you, I know this hasn't been your experience. This may be my experience and you may be sitting there today thinking like, that's great for you, Josiah, but that hasn't been my experience with faith or with the church. That it's not lost on me that for many of you, the church or faith hasn't made your life easier, but for many of you, it's made it more painful that somewhere along the way you got involved in a church, you got involved with Christians, and somewhere along the way someone hurt you, that maybe they showed you truth without showing you any grace. Maybe you were struggling with something and you finally opened up to somebody and they did absolutely nothing to help you. Or maybe they took a verse in scripture and took it out of context, used it to mean something it was never meant to, and you got hurt in the process. And rather than your experience becoming an anchor in your life, rather than your experience becoming an anchor in your faith, it has now become an obstacle. And for me to stand up here on the stage and talk about the peace of Jesus and to talk about the comfort and the hope of Jesus, it kind of feels like a slap in the face because that hasn't been your experience. And so this morning, I know I don't have the authority to say it on their behalf, but for what it's worth, can I just say I'm sorry? Like, I'm sorry that's been your experience with faith. That if I experienced what you did, I'd probably feel the same way as you. But at the same time, I also need you to know that that's not how it should be. That's not how it's supposed to be. That in John 10, Jesus says, it's the thief. 
It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And many of you, that's what you've experienced. But then he says, I have come. Jesus has come. So that you may have life. Not just ordinary life, but you may have it to the full. That Jesus, he wants you to experience a full life. That the church was never intended to be an obstacle for people trying to get to Jesus, but the church was established to remove those obstacles so that people could experience the life that Jesus is offering. And so this morning, maybe you showed up here and you're not feeling it. That your life has just been one storm after another. That if it's not your job, it's your health. If it's not your health, it's stuff at home. If it's not stuff at home, it's finances. And every single day, you seem to be waking up to a new catastrophe. And as your feelings start to fail, your faith will surely follow. And you show up here, and you put on a smile, and you shake the hands, and you greet the people, and you sing the songs, and you raise your hands. But on the inside, your faith is beginning to crumble. That on the inside, you are beginning to drift. And you keep reaching out to grab something to give you stability. You keep looking for things that'll keep you steady amidst the storm. And you're looking to find peace amidst your pain. And while I wish I could just stand up here and I could reach out and I could say, if you would just follow Jesus, then all your problems would go away. That just isn't true. That just hasn't been my experience. That if anything, I would tell you the opposite is true. That in this life, I've learned that pain is a promise. That you cannot avoid suffering. But at the same time, I've learned that peace is still possible. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at when he says this in John chapter 16. He says, I've told you these things so that in who? In him, you may have peace. Does anybody want more peace this morning? Because he says, in this world, you will have trouble. That pain is a promise. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. That this morning, I can't promise you that all your problems are going to go away. But I can't promise you that you don't have to go through them alone. And so this morning, if you're looking to experience stability in this season, if you're looking to experience steadiness amidst the storm, if you're looking to find peace amidst your pain, then you will not find it any other place than the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the only one that conquered the thing that nobody else could. That Jesus came down to this earth and he lived in the same world that we do. And he dealt with the same things that we deal with. That you have a savior that can relate to the pain that you experience. But eventually he'd be arrested and he would die on a cross and die the death that you and I deserve. But three days later he would come back from death. He would conquer death so that even on the days you aren't feeling it. That you can have something that you can put your faith in. You can have something that can anchor you in life. You can have something that'll give you stability, that will give you peace. Now listen, Jesus conquered death so that you could experience that life he promised. And if you wanna learn how to trust your faith, even on the days you're not feeling it, then it has to start by you anchoring your faith to the resurrection of Jesus, to the existence of God, to the trustworthiness of the Bible, but then finally to your experience with following Jesus. And not just those one or two moments where you feel certain that he's in your life, but the prolonged, lifelong journey of following Jesus and the peace that you can experience there. And so listen, this morning, I don't know where you're at. 
Maybe for you, you've been coming to this series, you've been coming to this church for several weeks now, you've heard what we've talked about, you heard me stand up here and talk about some things today, but you're still unconvinced that somewhere along the road, there is an obstacle that exists between you and believing in who Jesus said he was. That maybe it's a past hurt for you, maybe it's a present habit, maybe it's an intellectual hangup, maybe you have some questions, maybe you have some doubts. But for whatever reason, you're unconvinced this morning. And if that's you, first I'd just say thanks for being here and I'm really grateful that you're here. But second, I just wanna challenge you that you shouldn't let this conversation end on a stage that you shouldn't leave your doubts unanswered. You shouldn't leave your questions unattended. See, about a year ago, we did a series very similar to this one, and we talked about deconversions. We talked about why people are leaving following Jesus behind and how, uh, honestly, I think people are, are walking away from Jesus for the wrong reasons. But from that message, uh, a couple months ago, I got a, a YouTube comment uh, from a guy named Daniel who, who didn't wanna leave his questions unanswered. And over the last several months, I've gotten to email back and forth with Daniel. And hopefully to this day, he would hopefully call me one of his friends. But I've gotten to ask him questions. He's asked me questions. My faith has grown. Hopefully I've given him some things to think about. I've gotten to pray over things that are going on in his personal life, pray over some of his uh, family situations. But one thing I love about Daniel is Daniel didn't let the conversation end on a stage. Daniel didn't let his doubts go unattended. Daniel didn't let his questions go unanswered. And maybe this morning you find yourself in a very similar place as Daniel, that you're still unconvinced. And guys, I know this is a risky move, but I don't want this conversation to end on a stage. And so I'm gonna put my email up here on the screen. And if there's questions that you have, if there's doubts you're still struggling with, if there's obstacles you need us to help you work through, guys, I would love nothing more than to have a conversation with you. And I'm gonna be out of town this week, but I promise whenever I get back that I'd love to sit down with you and make sure that we don't end this conversation on a stage. But maybe for you, you're not unconvinced. Maybe for you, you've been coming to this series and you've heard all the reasons we believe what we believe and you've heard these logical defenses of our faith and you've become convinced and you're ready to take whatever the next step is. The only problem is you don't know what the next step is to take. And I give you the same challenge. Don't let this conversation end on a stage. That maybe for you, you need to say yes to Jesus and get baptized here at Trace. Maybe for you, you need to get more connected to this church and the people of this church and get in a group. Or maybe you need to start contributing and using the gifts that God has given you and get on a team here at Trace. I don't know what your next step is, but please don't let this conversation end on a stage. I would encourage you right after this to go to the Next Steps booth, talk to them about what your best next step is. They would love to help you figure that out. Or maybe this morning you're not unconvinced. Maybe this morning you're not just now becoming convinced, but you've been a committed follower of Jesus for a long time now. That this series has strengthened your faith and it has reminded you not only what you believe, but why you believe what you believe. But listen, here at Trace, we don't care what you know until you share what you know with who you know that there are some people out there who are still desperately looking for some hope, who are struggling through life, looking for something that they can put their trust in, looking for some stability, looking for some peace. And listen to me, you have the answer. You have the answer. And so maybe your best next step is to go find somebody who isn't here, who is really struggling, who isn't in a relationship with Jesus and help remove some obstacles so that they can get there. And so this morning, whether you're unconvinced, whether you are convinced, 
Whether you've been a committed follower of Jesus for a long time now, we all have next steps to take. And so whatever those are, I would encourage you, do not let this conversation end on a stage. Because here at Trace, we wanna remove every obstacle so that people can get to Jesus. Because we know Jesus is the only one who can save anyone. And so we wanna get everyone in a relationship with him. Let's pray. God, I wanna thank you for this day. And God, I hope some of my experience that I've gotten to share today has encouraged somebody else to trust the faith that they do have. That God, I know there are people in here right now that are struggling, who are walking through life one storm after another and could really use some peace. And God, while we can find short-term peace in different places on this earth, God, we know that you're the only one that gives us lasting peace. And so God, I pray that you speak to each and every one of these people individually. That God, you would remind them of whatever step they need to take. That God, we wouldn't be the kind of people that just come in here and leave exactly the same, but that we would leave changed. And so God, I pray whatever step people need to take, you would give them the courage to do so. God, we love you. And we're grateful for Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and transition um, into a time of response. And we do this every single week, but we know that life is busy. We know that life is crazy. And so every single week, we want to just take a small moment amidst our week to stop and focus on Jesus, to stop and focus on what he did for us on the cross. And so maybe this morning you don't follow Jesus that you're in that unconvinced category. Maybe you just need to sit in your seat today and have a conversation with God. We don't need to make it weird this morning. It's really easy to talk to God and I know he wants to talk to you. So maybe for you, that's how you respond this morning. Or maybe for you, you have been following Jesus for a long time. And every single week, we take some time to focus on what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so all around the room, you're gonna find these tables. And on those are some communion cups with a little uh, cracker and, and some juice. And all that is is just a a physical reminder for us that Jesus went to the cross and he died for each and every one of our sins and three days later he resurrected from the dead so that we could have something to anchor our lives to. And so maybe this morning you need to just have a quick conversation with God or maybe just take some time to focus on what it is that God's done for you. Or maybe for you, you are one of those people that came through those doors and you're not feeling it today. Life has been a mess for you. And things are too much for you to handle. And guys, we would just ask that we would love the opportunity to pray for and with you. So in the back, we have a prayer station. You can write out your prayer requests and we'd love the opportunity to go to God with you about some of the things that you're dealing with in your life. Maybe you can respond that way. Or maybe for you, as Aaron said, you know, we, we wanna always continue growing in generosity. We wanna be prepared for what God is doing. And so if you've come prepared to give today, there's offering uh, boxes on your way out. You can feel free to drop off your gifts there. Once again, we always wanna be growing in generosity. And so we're grateful for that. And if you're a guest today, like there's no obligation to give. We're just glad that you're here today. And so I don't know how you need to respond this morning, but we wanna give you some time to do that. So I'm gonna pray and then you can feel free to respond. God, once again, thank you for moments like this where we can just stop and we can fix our eyes on you. We can fix our eyes on the cross and remember exactly what it is that you've done for us. 
that is so easy to take for granted the peace that you give to us. But God, I pray right now in this moment that this would be a thin space where there'd be no distractions and people can just have an honest conversation with you. God, we're grateful for Jesus. And we love you so much. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.